29. Day 29. Wow. It's been excellent. I love it. I love it. Day 29, man. I'm I'm falling in love with the book of Leviticus. Day 29. Hey, it's fire, dog. It's, it's fire. fire. Yeah. People I'm see? sad for all the times that I <laughs> skipped over a stopped my Bible reading at this point, <laughs> man. It's so dope. Yeah. yeah, I regret it too. Yeah. All right, so boom, Leviticus 21, right? So Leviticus 21 comes out the gate talking about, we're still in holiness, right? So remember the book of Leviticus about, is about, you know, how um, a sinful people can worship a holy God, right? Yeah, yep. God wants it's, unity. Yeah. And what he's going to do is he's not just going to talk about unity. God is going to address the things that stand in the way of unity. And it's only after those things are dealt with that people can experience true unity and that's what god's gonna do with sin yep, yep so good because in in leviticus 21 god comes out the gate and says yo i already talked to the people in general but the priests now i'm talking to y'all right, right right now i'm right. on y'all so it's the priests and the high priests now they were supposed to be set apart everybody's supposed to be set apart israel is supposed to be set apart but the priests supposed to be set apart set apart right right, right. and the high priests are even supposed to be more set apart so they're right. supposed to be specially holy and one one of the things you see, bro, is that to whom much uh, is given, much is required, yeah. right? So like the priests were given this special calling, right? And they were required of a different level of integrity right. and holiness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And so it seems weird, but we have to know the context. God tells the priests, "Yo, don't go near the dead because you'll be unclean." Right. Why? You touch the dead, that does not represent life. I am the God of life. Right. Two, people worship the dead right. in this time. Yeah. Right. People worship the dead, and God is like, yo, yo, I'm the only one whom you're supposed to worship. Yeah. And so yeah. that's why he says, yo, don't shave your head, don't cut your skin. He's not saying don't get tatted. Right, no. Right, right. He's saying these are ancient pagan mourning rites that people would perform for dead ancestors. Right. And in, yeah, if our listeners, like, if you understand, like, in the African American community now, people do perform ancestor worship. Right, yeah, And so yeah. God is just saying in general, bro, like that is not how this thing goes. Yeah. And I need you guys to be Yeah, home. yeah, yeah. And so just a reminder as well, right, as we talk through all of this stuff, that our aim is not just to give you um, what you should think about the Bible, but to help you understand how you should think and how you should come to those conclusions. So it's real easy. The, the way that we deciphered this section was about the priest being set apart is in chapter 21 verses 15 23 chapter 22 verse 9 and 16 what you'll see is that repeated phrase at the end after god gives all those instructions the repeated phrase that he'll say is for i am the lord who sets him apart for i am the lord who sets him apart for i am the lord who sets him apart. And the fact yeah. that that phrase is continually repeated is meant to drive home a point. This is about the priests being set apart. So God is going to set apart these priests in order to be um, a representative of mm -hmm. himself and his standard for the people, just to remind us, all right, holiness is what we're after. Yeah, absolutely. And then in 22, Man, it, it continues to talk about like what the priests are eating. And then it goes into acceptable and unacceptable sacrifices. Right. Right. And so like the the unacceptable sacrifices were those uh, animals who had a defect, right? Who had yeah. a broken limb or a, a, a um, deformity in how they were formed or anything like that. And that 
represented something that was unacceptable and it wasn't perfect, right? Right. So God wants this perfect sacrifice. Now, what's crazy, bro, what, what was blowing my mind yesterday um, was just the fact that, you know, right after he talks about how the priests were to be, in a sense, quote unquote, unblemished, right? He talks about sacrifices, right? Yeah. That were to be unblemished. And right. there's this old saying, bro, that says that um, in order to be a bridge, you have to connect with both sides. Ah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so basically, in other words, like if it, a bridge, you know, has to have some kind of shared um, responsibility, right? One side and the other to close a chasm, right? right? Yeah. Between man and God, yeah. There is an eternal chasm, mm. right, 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 right. Yeah. But the thing that that was needed here was a priest. Had to be holy, right? Right, and he had to be human, right? Mm. Right, he had to be a holy human, right? <laughs> That's good. Then we move to the New Testament. Right. We get Jesus, right. who is ex- who is holy, who is perfect, right? Right, yeah. as a priest, he's not just a priest right. too. He's a high priest, yeah. Right, he's a high priest. He's holy and he's human. He's a he's a real legit Israelite, right? Not only that. The text keeps going, right? He's right. the unblemished sacrifice, absolutely. So when he goes into the temple <laughs> yeah. before he's being crucified, what it takes but the priests or, or the um, Pharisees, Sadducees, and then both together come to test him and all the gospels yeah. are going to say, yo, in the temple, they couldn't find anything wrong with him. He's Absolutely. unblemished, proved to be perfect. And yeah, he's inspected the same way the sacrifices were and then yeah. offered up and then not even not we ain't even done like he's not trying to reconcile us with some god this far away he right. becomes the tabernacle that's good. right right he becomes the tabernacle he is god himself who comes to make this right so literally god comes and does everything bro. right right he right. comes and does everything that's on amazing. our behalf that's amazing. and it's only by knowing jesus can we even read this right absolutely. can we even make sense of this absolutely you, yeah you see what i'm saying yeah yeah, yeah. And, and that should lead us to worship right uh <laughs> yo yo that's so good yep yeah. so 21 to 24 is 21 Starts off and we have the priests, right? The priests got to be set apart. 23 comes in and now we start to talk about the feast. And now there are days that are set apart. And all that these feasts are, they revolve around God's redemption of Israel from slavery. And it is set apart these days. On these days, once again, y'all don't do any work, right? So Mm -hmm. you talk about a calendar with a bunch of holidays and they had this, right? They had tons of days off of work. And the reason why they had these days off of work was not just so that they could chill, but so that they could (laughs) reflect on what God has done because rest is resistance, right? It makes you and I resist the urge to think we sustained ourselves. And on these rest days, they reflect. And what reflection does is it helps you and I to slow down and to live in God's world as if he's actually the one responsible for the good things we experience this. Without rest and reflection on God, we're going to forget his past goodness, which is going to lead us to present grumbling and unfaithfulness mm-hmm. right now. And so God is constantly calling them, not just to be set apart as uh, priests, but God is even going to call them to look at your days, set them apart, rest and reflect on what God has done 
in the past so that it affects your present. Mm. Yeah, Jono, it's it's crazy, bro, that like you said, you talked about the rest and all of that. Yeah. Um, the the Bible is super, super like just intelligent. Like yeah. it's the, it's it's God's word revealed to us. Right. And one of the things you see throughout Leviticus 23 is this theme of sevens, right? So yeah. literally he's gonna talk about seven feasts. He won't right. name them all specifically, yeah. but there are seven feasts in Leviticus 23, starting with Passover and unleavened bread. Right. Passover begins on the second week week of the first month, right? right? So it's like after two seven days, right? Yeah. Then after that you have unleavened bread, which takes seven days. And then after that you have this thing called the festival of first fruits, which is after the Passover. Yeah. Now you fast forward to the New Testament, right. it's going to say that Jesus rose from the dead as the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Mm. So what it what it's saying is what it's what it's saying is <laughs> is that <laughs> he he is the first one to rise from the dead. We will follow after him. Not only that, right. because the first fruits were part of the harvest, yeah. right? Yeah. It was it was all one harvest still. Right. So in other words, us raising with him is it's one event. <laughs> right. Jesus just Jesus just Jesus just went first in time, right. but in a sense, we've been raised too because it's all one event. That's good, man. You feel yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And then after that, you have the Feast of Weeks. That's 50 days after the resurrection. That's why in Acts, you know what the book of Acts is going to say? <laughs> right. It's going to say, Jesus was with them 40 days, uh, right? Yeah. And then they choose the new disciple, yada, yada, the day of Pentecost comes. That's 50 days after Jesus rises from the dead. Uh, Jesus fulfills this kind of calendar. Yeah. Pentecost comes. That's only one day. Right. The Spirit comes, right? And now we have the Holy Spirit. And then we have, you know, at the end, it's like three more, three more feasts at the end of this chapter. The Feast of Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, Feast of Tabernacles. All of that stuff is in the seventh month. Yeah. Right? Mm, yeah. And so, like, you have the death and the Passover, the resurrection and the first in the first fruits, and the Pentecost in the weeks. And Jesus comes and fulfills the calendar, my G. Right. Like it is, it is the this is like one of the linchpins, bro, that holds the testaments together, holds the whole faith together. And God, man, was just saying, in one sense, like this points back and forward, but also in another sense, like, man, how you use your time, right, is yeah. predicated off of what, I, what I've done for you, mm. right? Yeah. Every area of your life, every part of your existence is based on who I am and what I've done for you. Mm. Um, That's good. And I want you to rest, yeah. right? Not based on any work you did. Right, right. But on all the work I've done. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not, I've worked a hard week. It's been a hard year. I'm going to rest. It's, man, God has been faithful. And I'm going to rest to reflect rest. on the fact that, yeah, he's yeah. done the work. He's and then, sorry. done it all. <laughs> Yeah, it's so good because at the end, the Feast of Tabernacles, right? Yeah. This is the only feast. This is so good. This made me sing. <laughs> the only feast where they were commanded to rejoice. Mm. And that's the last one. Yeah. Right? And what many people say is like, no, no, no. Like, that's the end goal. Yeah. Right? That's the end goal that we will rejoice and worship God forever. Yeah. Mm. Forever. Yep. Yeah. Because there was something that stood in the way of the relationship with God's sin. And this book is all about how God is addressing the thing that stands in the way. He's doing all of the work. We get to be the recipients of the good things that he does and to rejoice in the unity that he brings.